Oh, heck. Uh, I sent you a co-host invite, friendo. There he is. Hello. Testing, testing. I don't know if the co-host went through yet, but I'm a speaker at least. Uh, you are a speaker and a co-host. How are you doing, friend? I'm doing so good. Kino. I'm, I'm man, I've been so excited for this day uh, ever since we got this organized on the back channel. Um, so many concepts uh, on my mind that I really appreciate not only your opinion, but just the types of people who engage in your rooms. So really excited about it. Yeah, me too. Um, and I haven't really talked about, like, oddly enough, I don't really get to have talked about, I'm not sure, um, like the different stages of marketing, which are very different, like profoundly different. And I, I kind of feel like everybody who has ever had a project ever, whether it be, you know, an, uh, a PFP project or just like an addition drop, um, all go through this like mass fear while that uh, that release date approaches when like I, I, I think it's kind of, it, it's relatively important I think to like back up and have a plan along with your release date as well as like a content schedule but obviously that can be a lot to ask so it, I, I'm, I'm really interested in exploring like both the chaotic fundamentals of what marketing can be and still be successful but also like from that heavy planning aspect um and uh let me say hi to people real quick abrahani hello shannon hi uh bk you're new for me hello and dr shafin hello um but yeah enemy i wonder if um i don't know we can just like get it started if you want um can you tell me a little bit about how you have approached your marketing for your project you bet um so for those who don't know me i am animate dead or animate for short uh my project i've been working on is a collection of ai and human art that i've been working on the last few months um how i've been approaching it well again i i come to this room as no as no expert, I'm more of a, a curious student for the last, let's say, 11 months now in the NFT space. Um, so I don't come to this room with any of the answers, but, but, but I do have a bit of an extensive background um, that kind of leads me to structure my own artistic endeavors a certain way. And uh, that's been fairly successful for me so far from a marketing standpoint. Um, specifically, I really focused on branding early on having basically months of lead up where I'm sneaking different parts of uh, the imagery so that my strategy was I need to let people into my mind a bit, right? Uh, before they kind of get blindsided with this whole collection, um, especially because of kind of the, the, the content that I, that I put across. It's a little bit creepy, a little cute, not necessarily for everyone, but I do feel like there is a specific type of uh, either art enthusiast or collector um, who, who will appreciate just that. And so for me, it's been a matter of how do I kind of increase exposure uh, without requiring people to sign up or pay for anything, you know, kind of come at it from a, um, I don't want to say a, a web two standpoint, but more of a uh, hello world, you got to get out there to be seen before you really drum up any interest. And so that's, that's more of where my my focus has been uh, the last four months is not only getting just the word out there and, and flooding with so much of my artwork that people will come across the, the subtle brand, well, maybe not so subtle branding that I do, all the purple and skeletons and things like that. But um, it, it was very intentional um, to, to get that stuff out there early 
uh, and and really kind of paved the way for like you were talking about shifting into this this next mode of what that marketing looks like for me. Uh, I'm very close to my drop here. I've actually got my pre-sale list ready to go. Um, but yeah, there's there's a, a lot of as a founder and a an army of one, you have to switch your hats constantly in this in this realm to go from. I'm in art production mode and then I'm in marketing mode and now I'm just having fun mode, right? You need to, you need to have the balance there. Um, but I'm again, come here as a student and a, and a very curious person who's trying to get something off the ground and really hoping to maybe pass along a nugget of wisdom to somebody else who's doing the same. And you also have such an interesting product too. Um, obviously, like you said, it is, it's creepy cute. It's like undead uh, lich animals that you have called uh, uh, adorifying. <laughs> and um, with that, so I, I think that this is actually kind of interesting in the context of the AI conversation right now, because you are a niche within a niche. And not only that, but you're a controversial subject within a controversial subject. Speaking of controversy, I see those hundreds. Congratulations on having those. You must have an Android. I am actually on iPhone. Oh, do we have them on iPhone? It, oh, it seems so. I've, I, yeah, I, I actually have been disruptive in quite a few spaces this morning with all of my, uh, my various thumbs up and downs and, and, and tears. So I will, I will try and keep it to a minimum to, to limit the FOMO for anybody uh, yeah, here. I, but I feel, I feel cheated right now. Just end the space. I feel cheated. Hey, Black Label. <laughs> hey, Omni. Hi, Pete, Steven. It's good to see you guys. Um, thank you guys to everybody who has uh, retweeted the space already. Appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so you you have a niche within a niche and a controversy within a controversy. Um, so when it comes to marketing, can you tell me just a little bit then about how you have gone about like, did you um, just do the the chaotic marketing where you kind of threw everything out as you felt like it? Did you plan? Is there somewhere in the middle? Like, tell me a little bit about your approach. Um, and then, yeah, I want to like actually dig into, uh, dig into it. Yeah, you bet. So my approach is definitely falls on the chaotic side of the spectrum. Um, I, as a both left and right brained creative professional, surprisingly, I, I was never like a planner person, right? Like I wasn't writing down and scheduling things. Um, I kind of had a, a running list of things, so to speak in my head that I, that I always knew were flexible and could kind of jumble around. But early on, what I decided was, and this was something I, I saw, let's say, maybe little of in the scene, was I want to have the art first. My intention was every single post that I make, essentially, unless I'm responding to someone, needs to have a bit of my art in there. Whether it's just a throwaway idea or uh, something that I'm really proud of or like, you know, specific marketing or lore for my project as I got deeper into it. Um, early on, I didn't know what the heck I was doing, right? I was having too much fun playing with AI and really uh, coming at it from a, hey, let me just show my friends, like a show and tell kind of mentality of, let's see if any of this sticks, right? I, I don't know if there's a market here for any of this kind of creepy cute stuff. Turns out people uh, connect with it. And I, and I really appreciate that and uh, want to uh, kind of dive into any of those aspects that I feel like resonate with people. And that conversation with with not only people, but like, uh, visuals and what aesthetics appeal to certain people. I've been collecting data now, again, not writing it down or in an Excel file or anything, but in my brain, like I know what visually my friends are attracted to now. 
because of the way that they engage and comment. And it's not something I had to send out like, you know, a, a form to get. Um, it was really just, I'm chaotically posting um, multiple times a day, uh, kind of taking a, a bit of a, of a lesson from you in some of the early rooms that I had heard uh, about, you know, trying to play the algorithm. Again, it's, it's not um, such a main focus of mine that I've dedicated to, to hopping into Hootsuite and scheduling these out and optimizing that, which may be the next step for me. Um, but really, it was, it was a bit of a trial and error check some of the analytics. Oh, well, it seems like Wednesday and Thursday, I, I get quite a bit more uh, engagement. Well, what kind of content was I doing on that day? And then I'll look and I'll be like, oh, well, these, these more well-formed characters from some of my AI artwork got a better response than these kind of more abstract ones. And so again, it, that, that, doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't result in a sale, that doesn't result in a, in a lifelong customer, but it's, it's a data point where I can say, hmm, interesting. Uh, either that was expected and I really liked this post or like I hear a lot of people say when they get into uh, content production on a mass scale that some of the stuff that goes viral uh, surprises you or you had no expectation, you know, that this would connect with people. And so I kind of wanted to play a little bit of that game too, right? Like see if there's really something that I'm missing because I'm too close to it that other people uh, resonate with and then include that into my strategy. So it was a bit of like shock and awe, kind of just carpet bomb across the place um, and see what people resonate with. And then that really helped me hone in uh, what my what my my messaging and how I wanted to display it over the few months. But again, it, it was a slow process, uh, half intentional, half accidental. So um, you mentioned a lot of things that I'm positive that we're going to dive into, like target audience, the algorithm and things like that. Hey, Charlie. Um, but I wonder, do you covet thy neighbor's organization? Like, do you do you wish that you were able to organize yourself and like have this like grand overall scheme and plan for the entire marketing campaign? Or are you comfortable with the chaos? So that kind of drills down to a little bit of who I am as a person almost as well. I am strangely comfortable in the chaos um, with, with my art in general. And this, was, this goes before AI. This is like, to me, doodling in a notebook as a kid. Um, my art always, uh, I think it was someone in Radiohead. I'd heard this in a documentary and it really stuck with me. He said, my art is more gardening than architecture, meaning... You, you water it, you let it organically grow. You know, the wind is really strong one day, it's gonna blow it this direction. Now it's got a lean, but it's beautiful still versus the architecture of here's where my I-beams go. I'm gonna rigidly lay my concrete down. I know exactly every floor, every level of this plan. Um, I find myself in the middle leaning towards uh, the, the gardening side of things where um, sure, it may not be the most optimized and, and perfectly marketed strategy going forward, but as an army of one, boy, am I having a lot of fun learning these processes for myself. And, and again, having that kind of direct connection with the aesthetic values of, of my collectors and kind of being able to update that in real time. That's super fun to me. That's really lucky, too. Um, I, I honestly feel like I'm on the chaotic neutral spectrum of my own marketing. I'm, I'm a very emotional marketer um when when left unchecked by myself obviously because i too am a one person army um and what i mean by that is that like when i feel a whim to post something or when i'm particularly proud of something i will just put it out there 
when I really shouldn't. Like, for example, um, I think with the Instagram workbook, I just kept posting content and posting previews and posting how proud I am without really giving due credence to the expertise that I am providing as well as the experience that I am giving people. So basically writing my marketing for other people and really treating it like serious marketing um, rather than what I was doing, which is just telling people about my project, you know, from, from my point of view. So my worry, I suppose, for chaotic posters isn't necessarily that chaotic posting is bad, but just refocus focusing the type of content that they're putting out there and making sure that, yeah, it caters to their audience, not necessarily their own experiences with their content. Um, and the reason that I'm hitting so, so hard on that too, is that I fully believe that, especially in the NFT community, there's not one way to do things. There's not one way to market yourself. There's not, I mean, there are multiple formulas, but there is not one formula, and not only that, but I think that everybody's emotional capacity, everybody's needs, everybody's inclinations are all welcome, especially on Twitter. Um, so no matter how your brain works, no matter what you want to tell people, I feel like as long as we are writing content, marketing content with an authentic voice and tone and trying to cater it towards um, the experience and a benefit of other people, then you can do literally whatever the hell you want, you know? Um, Definitely agree. One thing that makes me think of is uh, early on, I saw the different types of content that people were producing in the NFT scene. Um, I had had my account for many years uh, before I had got into the scene. And so I, I didn't have hardly any following. And so essentially I started from square one with this account, but I did what most people do, which is like you try and make a, a million friends instantly and you go follow everyone. And my feed immediately became all this stuff that had no value to me. I didn't care. It was a bunch of like free shill projects and just recently, I'm like slowly grooming my algorithm and my feed to be more of my friends and things that are pleasurable and that I want to interact with. Um, but what it made me think of was, why, why don't I care about any of these posts that I see? Um, and it, like some of them were like confusing. Other ones, like they didn't have like the links organized and things like that. And so like I started to, to collect this, this mental map of what attracted me to a post, what made me engage with it. And a lot of it was like, did it make sense? Uh, it, like it, it didn't have to, uh, let me kind of tie this into, into one of my posts. So like, I, I enjoy maybe having a, a philosophical thought or, you know, like a small blurb or something that doesn't necessarily have to have context for any larger, greater conversation, um, but in itself can be interesting and in itself makes sense as a sentence and grammatically and stuff like that. Um, and so I found that, you know, it, it was almost like short story writing. And, you know, that's that's no surprise to anyone who's on Twitter because you, you have the limitations of the single image or the character uh, character limit. Um, but I found that intentionally very early on, I was like, my, my shit has to make sense. You know, like people have to know what I'm talking about. Even if it's lore writing and mysterious, I want it to come from a place where like, you know, m maybe you... It sounds like, you know, we're sitting at the gaming table and, you know, someone's giving a, a little bit of mystery or intrigue for the next bit of the adventure or something like that. But a, a really good storyteller doesn't lose you along the way or get you bogged down in, in the unimportant details. So for me, it became an exercise of, OK, what's what's the juiciness? What's what's the cool part of this image or this tweet or this thought that I have 
make sense, get it out, put a period, be done with it. And then, you know, see later on, maybe if the timing was good for it. And, you know, again, there's, there's ways to optimize that. Um, but moreover, it was, um, how do I, how do I finesse the craft of just trying to get a thought out there in general? So just backing up real quick for those who are listening. Hello. Um, if anybody's confused, um, right now I'm, I'm actually asking Animate about his project. And this this is actually kind of starting to shape up like a consult almost. So I'm asking him questions to get to know his project a little bit better. And usually, you know, with a consult, it's very short form. Like it's a, it's a question answer thing. And then I give my advice from Olympus or whatever, wherever the fuck I I am um so yeah this is this isn't like an interview um but you are like very uh well spoken animated I just I always love talking to you um but yeah we'll uh we'll open it up to um a conversation and start like more of that uh, that Q&A element um in a little bit I'm sure and uh to anybody who does have questions want to come up and talk um please do please do um, but yeah, animate. Um, so you you mentioned um, lore, and I, I want to focus in on that real quick because the <laughs> I've worked with a lot of projects that implemented lore, and I think that a lot of projects get very excited about a storyline, or they think that it is absolutely necessary for people to connect to their work, when in fact. The art for the sake of art and cute art and just like any form of art is usually enough for people to connect with because you know there's a multitude of reasons that people connect with art um it could be personally significant to them they could simply like the art for the sake of art they could think of it as an investment opportunity like there are any number of ways that people connect so having lore is not necessarily something that is required of course it is a connection point but i i worry for a lot of projects that implement lore because so many projects do and it actually makes the project vastly more convoluted um and I also think that a lot of projects um, hyper-focus much too much on the lore rather than uh, their marketing and disseminating all of the different beautiful values that they have with your uh, with their art. So um, just wanted to ask real quick, um, while you were planning this project, especially while you were throwing your marketing out there, when you started to implement lore, did you have to back off of something else that you were doing or do you ever feel like within the process of the project that you eventually had too much stuff and the project was therefore confusing that is a really really good question and i find myself both loving and hating lore sometimes and some of the projects that i see specifically for that reason um let me get into a little bit of my background and to why I feel like this works for me and my project. Again, th there's, there's no right answers out there in the NFT space. This is kind of me and my background experience and how I thought about going about this. I am a huge freaking nerd and I have played Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role-playing games for a very long time. Uh, what does that mean? Collaborative storytelling. That means extrapolating on an idea. That means taking a character and pushing it to its limits and trying to come up with cool, exciting, interesting things. Um, so with my, I don't know, 18 years of role-playing experience, immediately I, I, my brain could not stop but create patterns and lore and traits and things like that out of this art that I was seeing. So for me, 
absolutely was a natural progression. I had seen other projects doing it and you're absolutely right, getting convoluted. And so what I really wanted to do, and again, I haven't released the, the full project yet or gone to public sale. So I'm still fine tuning um, how nerdy in a sense I want to get with it. And what I've learned in my experience, again, of role playing for so long is when you're trying to introduce someone into a fantasy world or some role playing game or experience, you have to meet them at their level, right? Not everyone's willing to put on the cloak and change their voice. And yes, my lord, what can I do for you? Right? Like, no one, no one's gonna do that if you're not a hardcore gamer sort of thing. And maybe that's a tactic that like Goblin Town took, right? Like they they got into the fun of creativity and role playing. That's that's a fun avenue, and people seem to gravitate towards that at the time. But for me, it was less of I see these other projects doing it, and just like oh my god, this story is developing in front of my eyes, and I just I have to capture it because that's who I am. I'm this nerdy story writer who's had like literally in their free time, we'll do homework looking at like matrices of number sheets and coming up with strange stories that make no sense. That's just fun to me. So it was a natural fit for myself, but absolutely you're right. It's not necessary for any collection or project or whatever. You don't need traits. You don't need any of that stuff. Um, My project in a lot of ways is my my research over the last 11 months that I've seen in the scene, I mean, I haven't minted anything on OpenSea or any shared contract in like six or seven months. I put a hard stop to that. And I realized that for myself as an artist, for my own provenance, for the things that I really think Web3 can be, I have to get on my own custom smart contract, have my own website, my own DAP, that sort of thing. And, and that expands out the, the, the roles, right? How many hats you're going to wear. And I am this serial masochist where I like need to learn everything and have this perfectionist mentality about me, probably because of my day job and having my bosses have to testify in court to lawyers against the accuracy of my work. So it's like I'm this weird amalgamation of this like strange left brain, right brain creative um, who's an incredible nerd who has has really just been absorbing as much as he can and, and trying to to find where my interests fit into that. Uh, let me just say hi to Kyle and Pikey. It's good to see you, friends. Oh, James is here, too. Hello. Um, Charlie, your avatar is jumping back and forth, and I'm a little bit angry about it. So I'm going to risk everything and just engage the crap with your content because my algorithm does not know how much I want to see your content. So um, if you see me all over your notifications, I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Um, so <laughs> anime, um, I love that you have approached your project authentically i i feel like a lot of artists when you know they they first dm me they're very unsure of if they are doing their marketing quote-unquote correctly because they feel like there has to be this like super magical formula otherwise they're not going to have a successful launch successful projects successful um editions um etc and i i just i love it when um an artist sounds like they, they have such confidence in their approach with their marketing. And I, I hope that it's, it's working, but I do have a very pointed question. Um, do you feel like when you launch that your expectations are going to be met based on how you have marketed yourself so far? That is the million dollar question. And here's how I've been thinking about this. Um, I am going to set up my expectations 
and my definition of success in such a way that regardless of sales or floor price or minting out or anything like that, I'm still successful. What does that mean? That means I've been here collecting friends. I, I just took a glance at my, uh, at my, my Bueno form. Uh, if, if anyone hasn't signed up for pre-sale, I just hit 40 wallets. That is so big for me. This is my Genesis collection. I absolutely was completely unknown in the scene, let's say 11 months ago, right? So for me, it's not so much of, ooh, do I hit this number metric? Did I make enough money? Um, if I was really money hungry, I would just be minting on the OpenSea contract months ago, like pieces at a time. But like what I see here is a chance for me to make a statement for myself and hopefully, hopefully uh, move the, the needle of culture, you know, 0.1 degree closer to people having the right intentions, people wanting to engage with their community, um, people... <sighs> like really enjoying the artwork and the reason that they're, that they're here. And, and, and you're saying uh, it, it seems like it's a natural fit for me. Um, that's again, all intentional is I had to dive so deep into my own inspirations. I'm like, well, what makes me tick? What are, <laughs> when AI comes about, it's like, holy crap. It's like the internet. You can study anything now. So you do absolutely nothing, right? You could learn any skill you want to on the entire planet in your phone, any time of day, and yet I'm sitting watching cat videos, right? Well, it's like, well, what is that symptom or what does that say? Well, now the same thing is true with my own artistic process and artificial intelligence. It's like, holy crap, I can be my own art studio now. I can do concept art, character design, environmental design. Now I can put on my art director hat. Now I can use my decade of experience as a 3D animator using motion capture, virtual reality, all these things that I've like honed my skills on myself now I've got a place to put them. And so this project in a lot of ways is again, that, that hello world that let's, I don't know everything about marketing. I'm sure wearing like 19 different hats as I do this project. So I don't expect myself to be very good at everything, but I'm going to be addicted to learning it all. And damn, I'm, I'm going to try and I'm going to see what sticks. And uh, for me, what's been very successful is Twitter spaces and hopping up here and just being real with people, just being like, yep, I'm an artist. Uh, I work a 50 plus hour a day uh, or a 50 plus hour a week day job. I'm here moonlighting, trying to change my life. I really appreciate all the artists out here. I love these kind of conversations. That's what gets me going. And if I can be a lightning rod for that, uh, shoot, that's, that's what Web3 is to me. So I don't feel like I can be unsuccessful with my project simply be because I'm here, it represents me, and I'm making friends and getting traction in my mind. So it's like, screw it, on to the next, right? Yeah, and I do love that you're contextualizing your goals with the relationships that you're forming. Um, obviously, there is more than enough room for disagreeing with that or wanting to have different goals. So my acknowledgement of that does not just for anybody in the space, my acknowledgement of, of that is not that he is doing it the quote unquote right way. It's just what's right for him. And I, I think that's beautiful. Um, so we're probably going to end up um, um, pivoting a little bit to talk about uh, marketing near the launch because I feel like I have enough information now. Um, but just want to say hi to Minaji. Hello, it's been a minute. Illustrata, hello. 
Um, but also, as we pivot, I think that we have some people in here who are very good at doing their marketing um, near launch. Menage is definitely one of them. Charlie, you are absolutely one of them. And both of you guys have very different approaches as well. Um, so if you're interested and available, um, I'd love to hear about what you guys do as that uh, launch date does approach. Um, to see if uh, we can get some gems from you guys. Um, and then Black Label too. Um, Black Label and I have a space next week. I ADHD'd my brain out of exactly what the topic is going to be. Um, but yeah, if you have some uh, some things to say about this one too, Black Label, you're more than welcome. Um, but Pikey, go ahead, my friend. It's good to see you. Hey, Kino, thank you for having the space. Uh, thank you for yeah taking your time and sharing you know these little tricks with us i always enjoy hearing you speak in lawrence's space uh that's where i came across you and you know this is a very important topic and you know you mentioned charlie and i think uh, mahanji would love to hear their take on this as well uh, i'm a sucker for advertising branding and marketing and that's why i think i enjoyed the nft space a lot because i feel like it's really a crash course in those three things. And um, I love Animate's work. Um, I came across him as well in Lawrence's space and saw his work. It spoke, you know, volumes and I just started following him. So, you know, I just came up here. I know I don't want to, you, know, you want to pivot into marketing stuff, but I, I just wanted to come up here and say, I walked into the room. I, I heard him speaking about, you know, you asked him a pretty, a, a really good question. Do you feel satisfied? And he answered it really well. But I just, as a friend or somebody who's gotten to know him, seen his work, seen his work ethic and um, all these things, I just wanted to come up here and quickly speak for him a little bit on his behalf, uh, having to have learned about him over time and just my experience in life working with people and technical people or smart people and just dedicated people, I see a lot of those traits in Animate. Uh, one thing I really like that he's not, you know, making 10,000 of these. He's going 444. It's a small, uh, very small collection. And the supply is limited. So you get to organically build your collectors and engage with them more organically and authentically, which I feel like will 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 build the basis of a good foundation and a good community. And just having talked to Animate recently about this topic, I had got the opportunity to interview him on Sunday and we got into the weeds of the background, his, his, his uh, upbringing, his uh, learning experiences, et cetera, et cetera. If I was to bet on somebody that would figure this out, giving his skill set, it would be him because He's had so much exposure with so many different tools and so many different things. It's not just art. It's like, anim like he said, 3D animation, his day job, his experiences from there, taking from here, taking from there. He has a lot of, of what I call a lot of cloaks or hats that he can bring to the table and build this community up and build this, this, this vision that he has. And it'll take time. It's not going to go out the gate and, you know, be five ETH and one ETH of these flippers are coming in there to look for. But if he's going to build something or do something right with his experience and build a good foundation and add storytelling behind it and all these different angles, I can see that, I can hear it in his voice, the dedication, the passion that he has for this. 
he's going to drive this home you know i'm going to stop talking with this quick story on tom brady tom brady was drafted last in the draft he was the last pick like literally the last pick he left the room when the draft was taking place because he didn't think he would get picked and his dad came out and he was crying and said you got picked you were the last pick when he met robert craft for the very first time uh they were all lined up and he was the last person in the line to greet robert craft because he was you know the last pick and robert craft he robert craft says he remembers this to this very day he goes tom reached over like he came into my space put his hand out squeezed my arm, my my handshake stared me in the face and said mr craft this is the best decision you've ever made in your life to me that shows conviction that mean that to me that shows a person that knows what they're capable of doing that they knew they were going to be successful and not to compare anime to tom brady but when i hear him speak and i see his work i see similar work ethics i see those dedication that that mindset that drive that is there to do whatever it's going to take that i am going to do my best to give you guys something really fun exciting and beautiful so there we go thank you Thanks, Mike. I right, close close the space now. He already said enough. Yep, that's it. It's like two <laughs> from last week, Charlie. How you doing? Good. How hey, are you? I'm great. See, you call, I answer. So, what is what what's going on? As a matter of fact, uh, big shout out to Animate man because the work that you're putting right there is speaks for itself. Uh, and I like the fact that you are doing AI. so you're not shying away from other types of art forms out there you're not limiting yourself on 3D because i see that you're a one-on-one 3D artist but you're like you know what let me see what else is out there so i can keep improving my craft so i can go beyond my means so huge respect on that and 444 one-on-ones is not easy <laughs> definitely not so yeah kudos on that thank you for that yeah i, I really appreciate that But yeah. Um so yeah, I I did, I did want to uh pivot a little bit then and definitely talk about marketing um for launch, but I just want to back out a little bit and um tell you guys a super secret formula and then explore a little bit maybe um Charlie again if you're um okay, I need to check on the person who's uh, who's requesting. Um if you're okay talking about it, um just get a little bit of an idea of what you purposefully do um before your launches too but let me start with a super duper secret formula so if you guys were to hire a marketing strategist which i am not um i'm an educator not a marketing strategist um but people do hire me for you know to do that on occasion um i'm a little bit picky about it but basically what we help people do is to formulate what their entire umbrella of the uh their marketing project is is going to be and the first thing that we usually start with here's the super secret workflow the the first thing that we start with is branding branding is usually where we start because we have a type of concept of um where the project is going art style and then we start to apply things like voice tone and get a sort of sense of an idea of who the target audience is but use that to really start informing what the overall project is going to look like because starting with branding helps inform 
all of the rest of what the campaign is going to look like. So number one is always going to be branding. Number two is your platforms. Um, for most NFT projects, for most 1-1 artists, I should say, right now, that's either Twitter or Instagram or TikTok. But as the NFT community expands, then we're going to have to think more about um, optimizing your NFT projects and marketing across different platforms. So it's very important for the second thing that you think of um, is going to be what type of platform it is, because your platform has very specific content needs needs as well as very specific uh, market segmentations. Market segmentations is just a very fancy way of saying demographics, psychographics, behavioral, and geographics, um, which I think are the, the four market segmentations that you need um, for most artists to um, figure out exactly who their target audience is. But if I ever say market segmentation from here on out, I'm in talking about demographics, even though that's not the correct word, that's just like the colloquial word, obviously. Okay, so yeah, two is platforms. Um, the third one, let me get black label up here, hello. Um, the third is going to be monetization. Monetization just informs how you're going to make money off of those platforms, as well as start to put together your content map. Um, so just by like thinking about, okay, am I going to uh, monetize the progress of the NFT project through something like Patreon? Um, am I going to take pre-orders and monetize those? So monetization, I think, is something that is largely not really considered, especially with NFT um, artists, especially 1-1 artists. But that's definitely available for a lot of you. And I would definitely um, start considering that as the third step of your overall marketing um, strategy if you feel like that, um, uh, that could, could benefit you. Uh, number four is target audience. Target audience we've talked about a little bit, um, but target audience is essentially the fundamental and arguably most important element of your marketing specifically. So the rest of this, branding, platforms, monetization, informs your marketing, great. Target audience is where we really actually start the marketing process though. Have your demographics, have your um, behavioral and your psychographics in mind. Geographics, not so much for the NFT community, not just yet, but still very important. Five, conversion funnel. Conversion funnel is basically how you are going to lead your audience to the final conversion, which is usually buying the NFT. This also includes getting people into your uh, your discords, your community, um, signing up for your uh, mint list, for example. So like all of those steps that they take to that final mint is part of your conversion funnel. But not only that, your conversion funnel... Um, excuse me, your conversion funnel heavily influences the type of content that you're going to make. So definitely keep that in mind. Last, number six, your marketing assets. Your marketing assets is basically just anything that you can use for marketing. And when we apply it to social media, we're usually thinking about captions, um, stills, GIFs, or videos. And from there, it's really just about creating a schedule because effectively now with all six of those things, 
you have an entire foundation for a um, for a marketing plan. And yeah, after that, it's mostly just scheduling. Um, but that is the formula for anybody who is interested in, yes, like having this like hyper scheduled, um, dense uh, means of making sure that you stay on par with like these big um, NFT projects, um, especially if you you live in chaos and you're not comfortable doing that, then definitely follow those steps. Um, yeah, Black Label, I want to say hi to you real quick. How are you? Doing great. Appreciate it. Um, everything you said is super on point. Uh, I was just going to jump in and kind of talk about the brand stuff if you if you want to explore that a little bit. Oh, please, go ahead. Yeah, so like, I mean, my my core kind of background is corporate brand identity and that sort of thing. I've, I've had a ton of experience. Um, for like two years, I was rated in the top 1% of corporate brand identity within Upwork and Elance environment. So I've, I've got a lot of experience there. I think one thing that I see that artists typically do is that they try to, in the traditional outside of the AI world of things, you know, people are producing very similar styles and very similar outputs and their work becomes their brand. In this world of things, something that I personally am struggling with trying to, and trying, and not necessarily struggling, but it's a challenge to develop and define over time, is to understand exactly what your brand identity is. I think that's it's super important because you can scroll through um, your feeds, as I'm sure all of you have, especially in the last few weeks with Stable and everything else, and see all these different types of work being produced by different people. And, you know, I'm guilty of this myself, is like trying to explore these like 20 different ideas and they all look different. They're all these different things. And the thing is you start scrolling through the feed and no one knows that it's you. I think that as things progress in this space, trying to define that, um, Amley does a great job at that. Illustrata does a great job at that, where like I can scroll through my feed and both of them particularly, I know exactly that it's their work because they're doing things in a specific way where they can, you can identify that that's their thing. I'm striving to do that myself too. And I think that I'm starting to get there. And I think that as you, as you start to do that, when you go into the marketing space and think of yourself outside of just identifying your visual aesthetics within your own art brand, but you go into it with the idea of marketing and branding, there's a certain level of design aesthetic that has to be there in order to look professional. There's a certain level of tone and the way that you speak to people, um, the way that your communication happens on and off platform as well are all parts of what your brand is. All those things can help influence a buying decision. Um, when you're talking to collectors and curators, and I think one thing that's probably good to differentiate right now is I see a lot of artists supporting other artists. Oh no, Blackley! Sorry, you're, uh, sorry, you're my right? phone. Yeah, my phone started ringing. My, can you hear me? Um, I thought you were being abducted. No, well, wouldn't be the first time. Um, so I think that um, when we're in these spaces of artists and collectors, one thing that I see a lot is that artists are supporting other artists, which is great. But I think that one of the challenges is that we're looking at a situation where. Um, uh, we have to attract buyers as well. And so it's not necessarily just focusing on those artists to attract them to your page and to differentiate there, but you also have to look like a good investment opportunity, which is a huge challenge too. So branding, making sure that your visual presentation is polished and the way that you present yourself both you know, on and offline and on and off these platforms are, are crucial to people being interested in investing in you. Totally on par. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, when it comes to the approach, then um, I like to assume, well, let's, let's just assume then that um, for the sake of this conversation, that everybody in the room does have consistent branding. They do have control of their voice and tone. They have gone through the multitude of steps to um, tell their target audience that they do have a collection coming. Here's the date. Here's the drop. Everybody's excited for it. But now the launch date is approaching. We have a week and a half to make sure that not only your core audience is primed and ready to, um, to go and buy the NFT, but what about marketing towards other people or creating advocates in the uh, in the community that effectively does the job of marketing for you but expands your target audience into um, people who haven't been touched yet you know um, and Charlie I think you're really good at doing this um, specifically because I, I don't want to like drop your strategy at all but if you know what I'm talking about the thing that you do can you talk about that a little bit of course of course there shouldn't be you. any secrets in web3 anyway uh, everybody should learn from each other anyway so that's the whole point of being here so Basically, what I do, what I have done uh, throughout uh, the months or before that, it was actually a struggle because I was trying to figure it out how to do this. I'm a photographer. I'm not a marketer. I'm not into branding or none of the things. This is new to me. So, But at the same time, I'm not going to let that push me down and tell me like, oh, I can't do this. I'm just going to just create and that's it. Uh, no, you got to learn. This is the reason why you're put in this position. And I don't, I don't believe in coincidences. So, like, if you're in this position, you got to literally uh, take advantage of the situation and learn from it. So, at the beginning, I was just basically just putting my work out there. But, of course, without marketing or branding on none of these things, people don't know who you are. It doesn't matter if you are on another platform and you are actually doing really well there. Here's another world. So, uh, I noticed things like this where I was like, you know what, there's have to be a approach to this, where uh, people keep saying about community this, community that. Uh, but in reality, if you are not taking into action what the community can do for you and what can you do for them, then it's just words. So I was just literally getting more in tune into the community rather than just myself and my personal brand. I was more into what are they doing what, how can I help them to reach their goals? So, and at the same time, not have any expectations on them to me. Meaning that if I'm doing something, I'm not doing it because I want them to do something for me. I'm doing it because I want to, and I want that to be a habit. Once, I, that, once that is a habit, then the sky's the limit because now you're actually working towards other people's goals. Uh, help them actually promote them uh, help them sell their work, uh, feel the satisfaction of them selling their work. So once that got in, ingrained into me, then I was able to proceed with other things that, again, not expecting anything, but now the community understands and knows me and my approach. So now uh, probably five times out of 10 or less, people will resonate and they will actually also support. So... When I actually dropped, just basically long story short, I wanted to come up with the additions for the first time. But I'm like, you know what? 
I really don't know how to do additions or, or, or how to begin and what is the approach, what is the best strategy, none of these things. So I just like, you know what? I started asking questions uh, to different people that I respect in the community and what is their approach, what their ideas are. Because at the end of the day, when you actually get advice from people, do not let pride get to you. Learn, listen. If it is not convenient, if it is not feasible, that's fine. Let it push it aside, but at the same time, appreciate the time they put into you to actually uh, tell you their perspective. So I was grabbing all these uh, different perspectives of things, and then I just put it into one that is going to suit me the best. What did I do? Uh, people doubted me because I'm like, oh, you're not selling as much. You're not selling at a higher price. So I'm going to tell you to do this, this, and this. So I listened. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go for it regardless of what it is. I got patience. I got, I got the mental strength. So I might as well just go for what I'm thinking I'm going to do. So I decided to come up with 50 editions uh, of one, one particular piece. And I thought this piece was very unique because I, I never seen this type of photography before, which is abstract aerial photography. So I came up with this idea. And the first thing that I came up with is support system. Uh, people that I have known for so many months, I literally send them private messages. Again, not expecting anything in return. I send them a message saying, hey, I'm going to be dropping this on this date. This, I'm going to actually have a, a little drop party so I can explain more about this actual piece. If you are available, you are great. I, mean, I will be great for you to, to attend. If not, that's totally fine. A like, a retweet, if you like, that'd be fine as well. So I did that to a, a, a very, a very um, good amount of people that I consider that I can actually like have a, a, a real conversation or a private discussion uh, without feeling like, oh, I'm bothering them or, or like I'm not really making a, uh, an initial connection with them at the beginning that they're going to feel like oh, this guy's just interested on in whatever he's trying to do. So that is very key for me. Like you got to have some legit, genuine uh, people surrounding you, acquaintances, friendships for you to actually proceed with this. If not, uh, it's going to be very tough. So when I actually approached the list of, how, of people that I had, again, and I keep repeating this again, expectations, do not expect anything. So I did that and I, uh, the, the launch happened. And to my surprise, uh, people started resonating with it and they love it and they start uh, promoting it. I didn't have to do any of the promotion because they felt like this is something special for them, resonates with them, and they see something special. So basically, they did the, 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 the quote-unquote dirty work uh, because they see how I did before uh, when it comes down to like uh, doing things without any, uh, we'll say, exchange. Uh, in lack of better words. So when that happened, many other um, either artists, collectors, or actual collectors themselves, they felt like, hey, they need to jump on this and support. Um, to, my, to, to my surprise, the actual editions were, I was actually taught that it is not going to be sold anytime soon. It did. Uh, to my satisfaction, I was kind of like, I didn't want to say like in your face, but at the same time, it's like it was kind of like uh, a team effort, not just me, that this was accomplished. And everything was attributed to the fact that 
when I did things, I did it because I felt like doing them because of how I felt rather than what is the reward of me doing things for other people to actually do things for me. So that's basically in a nutshell what I have done as far as like uh, one way of strategize on on how you're going to do things in the space. But it takes time. It's not like Rome was built in one day. So you got to like basically do things uh, genuinely. And then after that, things will hopefully again uh, will actually sort it out, be sorted out. See, I think that Twitter and the NFT community is a fascinating study of marketing because of the depth of almost necessity, really, of those personal connections. Um, so obviously, the art, I have an addition myself, um, the, the art is fantastic. It is abstract, aerial, and something that we often don't see, especially in a community where we think that like landscape photos are the only things that get any hype, that, that get any sales. So if, um, and I think that uh, uh, you thought that um, the, the, the abstract aerial was a bit of a risk at the time, even Charlie, like correct me if I'm wrong, um, but the art obviously is good and the art um, had a little bit of a controversy to it. Um, Minaji, much the same to, uh, to her edition, 1-1. One, one. Um, so when, when I ask you this question, I'm not trying to bypass that the art is good and valuable in its own. Um, but what I do want to ask, though, is do you think that that direct contact was a key element of selling out as fast as you did? I believe that it was because, number one, they know that they are fully being appreciated for what they have done and contributions to me and to the community. So they are being acknowledged. That's number one. Number two, I am actually approaching them in a way that they shouldn't feel any pressure from me to do anything that they don't want to do. So, so that's number two. And three, uh, if the art is good, it's going to speak for itself and they will actually take the actual appropriate decisions and uh, moves that they're going to make. And that's it. Just let it go. Let it ride. Pikey, after you, friend. Hey, thank you. <clears throat> uh, Charlie, that was an uh, incredible explanation and breakdown of how you organically built up your brand and how you reached out to and built your community or built uh, what I call loyalist followers that uh, believed in your product and your brand and what into it and the one thing that really that stood out to me that you said and that i would take the lowest common denominator from all what you said is the fact that you realize that if i start doing things for people and not expect anything in return and keep up with that model eventually eventually it will go around and these people that you reached out to in the dms directly they felt that they saw that along the way and they felt loyal to you. And they said, you know what? Charlie's a good guy. He's always there for me. He's promoting my stuff. He's not just write, tweet, like, and move on. He's actually engaged with my brand. He's engaged with who I am. He's giving back to me first without asking. So at the time when your turn came, these people felt, you know, not obligated, but they liked you. And in, when we sell anything, we buy from people who we like. So to me, Twitter spaces and you're like right now I like you because I heard you I heard the conviction in your voice and I'm like you know if I would take a look at your work more likely than if I just popped up on my on my on my feed so I really like that you did that 
uh, I kind of keep that in my head as well uh, as a person in life in general is always try to give something first before expecting anything back and not even expect, just do it because you get, you enjoy seeing other people that are good, successful. Yeah. And just to add to that, Pike, I appreciate you for saying that as well. But uh, I learned this at the very beginning because of course, anybody that comes new to the space, they are trying to figure it out, figure things out when it comes down to like marketing yourself and things like that. So I ask questions. I ask actually really, really cool collectors that are out there uh, trying to help the community legit, uh, like tag legit. And I ask a question like, how do you go about the space? Like, like as far as like not getting your being sustainable, like not being burnt out and things of that nature. And he told me like, Hey, do the 20%, 80% rule. And I asked, what is that? How about 20% you give to yourself and 80% to the community or the rest of the people that are around you. So when I heard that, I was like, how am I going to be, uh, how am I going to, how am I going to be doing this? So then I, I figured out like, at the end of the day, when it comes down to is basically leave your time for you aside for a couple of days, a couple of hours a week, and then everything else towards the community. Because if we're talking about community, what is the best way to do it that is by action or by words alone? So, so that's what I did. And of course, I added more into it, which is expectations. Don't expect anything from anybody and just keep moving along regardless uh, because at the end of the day, it's going to find its way out uh, sooner or later. could be weeks, could be months, could be years, who knows? But at the end of the day, have, I have that mentality where uh, it's less of me and more of them. Uh, it just, it's just, it just do, makes sense. Would you it just say, makes sense to me. Would you say, is it very hard? Because I find this myself in life in general, not just NFTs and giving back to somebody and it's really hard not to have an expectation, especially when you put a lot of energy into something and you thoughtfully put like love and care into somebody's brand and you help, you're trying to help them out. And, you know, the least you can get is appreciation is what I feel like. You maybe don't do anything back for me. I don't want you to, you know, come and promote me and say good things about me, but just an appreciation of that. And I find that when that is not acknowledged, the energy coming back the second time around or the third time around starts to diminish do you feel that way as well or do you not at all no again again i do it because i feel like i want to do it nobody's telling me to do what i do so if i do it willingly i shouldn't have any any type of those type of emotions like well he's not resonating with me he's not replying to me he's not saying thank you like i'm doing it because i feel like it because I resonate with their work. I love their work genuinely, like everything. So when it comes down to appreciation back from them, like, dude, like not even, not even, that's not even on my, on my agenda. Like I'm not waiting for them to, to get recognized. And it's just like the same with other collectors. Like there are some big collectors out there and you follow them because some people follow them obviously to get noticed and to get collected but some people actually follow them because legit they feel like they provide a lot of information and a lot of good things. So they just follow them, even though they don't recognize them or follow them back or whatever, they, they just do it because they feel like they have, they, they want to. Uh, and that's the key for me, for me to be here in a, in a sustainable manner without being like, Oh man, this is too much. I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. As many people do. 
and, and and I don't criticize them. It's normal that people can feel uh, that way as well. I'm not a machine either, but as far as like sustainability, definitely uh, this is the approach that I take for me to keep moving forward. So I want to explore this a little bit and apply it. Um, and that's just the, the concept of if you put kindness out, then it will come back to you. Um, obviously, I do not market myself. I rely on the kindness of my advocates to put food on my table, but that's not something that I sought out. It's not purposeful. It just happens to be working to a point where I am not struggling so that I can generate content to eventually make passive income so that I can reinvest in the community. Um, but I feel like it's a little bit irresponsible. I'm not saying that anybody is doing this. I just want to make sure that nobody is receiving this message. But I feel like it's very irresponsible to say, well, if you just put yourself into the community and put kindness into it, then you will get money back. <laughs> like, um, again, not saying anybody is saying that, but that can be somebody's marketing strategy. And when they come at me with that, I'm like, oh my God, we need to make sure that you are keeping yourself safe because as somebody who effectively has that business strategy right now, it is not sustainable. It is also not very good for growth. Um, so you need to be very careful with how we're applying it and what our expectations are. Um, and we have a very good example of somebody that actually just happened. Um, I can't remember what his name is. I feel like it's Isaac. His um, avatar is a frog inside of a cloak, um, obviously an NFT project. Um, if anybody remembers who it is, pipe up. Um, but yeah, this person made an NFT collection after investing. I don't even, I can't even wrap my brain around how much money um, he put into the community by buying NFTs, but he bought a shitload of NFTs and then released his own and nobody came for them. Nobody bought them uh, to the point where he said that he is leaving the community because he did not get the support back that he put into it. Now, we do have other collectors who used a very similar formula. Um, NorCal Matt, I think I'm saying that right now, NorCal Matt is one of them where he, again, put a surplus amount of money into the community, bought a shit ton of NFTs. People were making memes about him. He had nothing but advocates and advocates and advocates for days. But people bought his NFTs. They were... Um, well, I don't want to say extremely inexpensive, but they were um, they were a they were uh, at an approachable price, as well as a couple of different styles for people um, to purchase. So I think a a very well thought out um, NFT launch. He um, had enough people that were advocating for him, therefore marketing for him. So it was a successful launch, but I feel like what happened with Frog Avatar Dude was that he did have advocates, but not to the same point that NorCal Matt did, where people were generating content for him, posting about it, remaking his NFTs, and just doing the job of marketing and FOMO for him. Um, 
So, yeah, I I just want to back up and and apply a little bit of context there that that is something that certainly can be very effective. But at the same time, we have seen a lot of people feel very alienated to the point that they have left the space because people did not support them after they supported others. Um, What do you guys think about that? Let me see if I can find him, too. I'll uh, I'll be right back. I have a quick question for you on that. Yeah, please. Do you know or happen to know the reason why... In the second case, I don't. I wasn't keeping track of the handle uh, name. NorCal Matt. Yeah, NorCal Matt. Yeah. Why did the community or the people, you know, I get, I get why his worked and became successful, but why did people do that for him and not for the other one? Was it the uh-huh. art? Was it the style? Was it was it him in general? Was it a personality thing? What was? Do you happen to know uh, or more about that? I'm curious as to why yeah. one would. Right. Honestly, I, I think it's because NorCal Matt leaned into the mimetic devices where I I don't know if I'm, I'm going to find his account and see if I can go far back enough to like really have um, some good data on it. But what I recognize from NorCal Matt, though, is that when somebody made content of him, he retweeted it and he leaned into it. So the advocates that he had. Um, he made sure that they felt congratulated and welcome and like a fucking superhero for making content about him where like I kind of meet in the middle where I post a cat with a bunch of hearts around them and say like super duper thank you you're very much appreciated but not to the degree that Matt just like leaned into the mimetic devices um but yeah so we have um effectively two people who poured money into the community but the way in which they went about talking back to the community i think it has a stark contrast from my perspective again i don't have enough data on the other person to really know but that's what i'm seeing for now do you think also he had an edge because his artwork or whatever he was producing resonated with people no. to, to do that to begin with? No, I, I think, don't. No. Honestly, I, it was hypocrisy. Go ahead. Yeah, buddy. I think I think it's approachability. Um, he The number one wasn't as approaching, and number two was more approachable. I think that's one thing. Second is, as Kino said, the, the amount of the acknowledgement. Acknowledgement is very important as well. For example... Uh, I don't expect anything from anybody like to retweet me or to like or anything. But when I get it, I will make sure that they know that I saw it. Either a comment, I reply, uh, a like, whatever. I will make sure that that happens. Reciprocation in my on my end. Uh, I don't worry about if there's reciprocation on my way to them back. That is out of my control, but I do make sure that things are within my control that are done that way. Approachability is definitely important. Sorry, I'm looking for um, this froggy avatar. Um, If anybody knows who the heck I'm talking about and um, you're listening, can you DM me who the heck that is? Illustrata, I see. Yes, 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 yes. Illustrata did. It is Isaac. Thank you. Um, I'll post his, uh, the, the tweet that he made, um, where he said he's going to leave. He, he decided not to leave because enough people, you know, messaged him and, um, said that, um, you know, he, he should stay, um, sorry, I'm doing two things at once. My ADHD will not let me do it. Um, animate, go ahead. I'll, I'll look for, uh, for this while you talk. 
Yeah, Charlie touched on something I think that is really important and something that took me maybe 10 months to realize was a symptom in the scene and something that I wanted to change intentionally with my project. And what that is, is like knowing who the founder is or any kind of idea or visionary for the project. Um, I've seen so many like of these free mint projects or, you know, like like the, the newer PFPs where I will hop into a community room and granted, once something gets to a certain size, that's fine. People are not going to know the creators, but I was like, Hey, so what's this all about? Like, who's the creator? What's, what's their goal? Like, what's your community all about? And immediately I was just ignored and it went straight to floor talk. And I was like, Oh wait, no one, no one actually knows here. And so to, to your point um, about like being approachable and like just contactable in general, I don't have to dox myself. Like you don't have to know my true name because I'm, I'm here with a, with a moniker, right? Intentionally until I can no longer have this corporate job where nosy lawyers can be looking up the silly art I'm making in my free time. Right. I've, I've got to, I've got to dig my way into this web three world slowly, but what you, you, what you can be assured of is that me as a founder, you comment, to you that is uh oh i think you're again friend Ooh. am i back uh for now yeah try it again you ain't kidding for now uh oh move rooms animate um, okay, but the uh, the post that I was talking about while uh, Animate calibrates, um, I did uh, post it above if you do want to check it out. And again, like I'm not saying that um, attempting to build advocates or putting kindness out there is bad or it's not going to work. Like obviously there are elements that do work for it. Um, but I think that the point that we're arriving at right now is that if you do do that, make sure that you are making those personal connections with people to build those personal advocates. Um, so effectively, they do the job of marketing for you as well as um, invest within your um, your project when it does drop. Um, again, that is not a science. I'm not saying that that is going to work for everybody. Um, but there are definitely elements of that that I I agree with and I use. Um, Animate, are you back yet, friend? I think so. Can you? Hey, yes. All right. It, it, it gets in those loops where it's like my mic is off and on and I can't change the, the state of it. So anyway, it looks like it comes back after a few seconds. Um, but yeah, the only point I was going to make is that, um, yeah, being, being accountable and contactable in that way is a, uh, a symptom that I've seen in the space lately that I would like to be a, a lightning rod for making that change in the ecosystem of say, oh, if you're having problems with minting or MetaMask or whatever, like you can like no problem too small. Reach out to me as the founder. I'm happy to have you along for the ride. And not only if you're not very knowledgeable about Web3, I'd love to help onboard you in a way that's that's gentle and and I don't know, it makes it feel like there is a direct connection there. So like everything that everyone's saying here is so profound to me today because it's things that I've uh, it's the unwritten rules I've had in the back of my head again this chaos brain of mine that doesn't have a planner and doesn't write things down you guys are like revealing these things I've been thinking about where it's like you know what maybe I have actually been approaching it that way and maybe that's why that person 
you know, did this or did that or had that response. Um, so this is just really hitting home and connecting with a lot of things I've been kind of thinking in the background, but just having them con concretized in front of me by people who are who are really successful at this. Um, this is this is really doing it for me. So thank you, Kina. Con concretized is a five dollar word right there, friend. Pikey, go ahead. Hey guys, sorry, I'm gonna be dropping off real quick. I just wanted to thank you, uh, Black Label, Charlie. Great conversations, great uh, concepts. I'll tune back in later to listen to the rest of this. This is such an amazing room topic. Uh, great conversations, as Anime just said. Uh, I love this topic to my deathbed. I swear, this is to me the most important thing in anything in life. Is you know, branding, marketing, connecting with your people understanding what people like, what they don't like, all this stuff. And it's really much needed in this space. I'm going to leave with two questions for y'all. And maybe I'll tune back in to listen to the response. One is, like, I don't feel like in the NFT uh, world ecosystem, does anybody even know what the demographics are? Like, what is the breakdowns? What are the age groups? What do people like? What do they buy? Like, you know, if, you, if I go market in Web2 world and I pick up a product, I can do some... Uh, uh, market analysis on the product and to see who I'm going to be targeting and what and stuff like Instagram if you go on there the ads are very targeted to the person browsing and searching and looking for certain things I feel like in the in the NFT ecosystem it's just like uh, you know like Black Label was saying you know everybody is just producing stuff and it just starts looking all the same and it just starts showing up in your timeline and they create their brand after they've created their art and instead of doing it first and that's one thing i i feel like i don't see enough of or do i maybe i don't know about and i would love to know if they are tools that you all use to break down market segments and people and demographics and uh, age groups and what do people buy what sold how many people are there you know just uh, uh, numbers right and the other thing i was going to say and leave charlie you with as well and animate you know you guys are very approachable. Like I wrote down three things, accountability, acknowledgement, and, and approachability. You guys check those boxes really great. Now you become big, you grow up, meaning your, your brand grows, you blow up, right? You become, let's say, Bode Yard Club. But little that I know about you guys, I feel like you'll still be more or less this you know, approachable, accountable. Maybe you couldn't give yourself to everybody in the community. But my question is, I see this with Board Ape Yacht Club and maybe Moonbird, Kevin Rose is somewhat uh, approachable, but whatever, let's leave him to the side for a second. Why doesn't Gordon and Garza, you know, why don't they, they do what you're saying and they are so successful still? Why don't they put themselves out there, especially when the brand was taking a beating uh, a couple of weeks back or a month back and they never came out and spoke. They never connected with the community. They never came out and, and said, hey, guys, this is bullshit. Like, let me take some of these questions. Or did their lawyer say, no, don't go out there and say anything. Why do people become zero dark 30 when they become massive and when they are not, they are willing to do these things. And I hope you guys don't change because I really like this this model a lot. So that second one was for Charlie and Black Label. If you guys want to run with that, please do. Um, I'm foaming at the mouth for the first one, but let's go with the second one first. Charlie, Black, yeah, Black Label, you can go ahead. Uh, 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I can speak on a lot of things outside of selling to, to NFTs because I haven't sold a lot of them, even though the brand that we're building is something that is focused in this space. I, I'm hesitant to speak like an expert in that field. I, I do think that a lot of things carry over throughout different markets. One thing that was just mentioned was specifically in reference to demographics and things like that. This is something that is unprecedented. And we're in a place where it's never been before. So we have, you know, 14 year olds buying NFTs and in, in Web3 games. And you also have, you know, major um, corporate heads that have investments um, and bankrolls to throw, you know, a million dollars at a one to one, you know, and, and there's no way to really desensitize yourself from that because it's something that's going to constantly be up in your face and it's going to constantly change. And at some point, someone's going to create a method where you don't necessarily have to have a wallet in place in order to make these transactions or everyone on earth will have a wallet to make these transactions. And one way or the other, you're going to have a mass market um, kind of hit in which we're extremely early still, as much as we're in all this, you know, all the time, we're very early. And that's going to change a lot too. And so the demographics are going to be all over the place. Trying to define who it is that your target is, I think is really difficult. I, I was having a, a conversation with a colleague this morning. This was a topic, this was exactly what we were talking about, was how do you, you know, bridge the gap between who you're targeting and who your um, kind of colleagues in the space are. Um, this is something that, you know, I've worked with clients for years and I, that's something I always say is actually a bad business plan when you have to go after two different markets at the same time. A user base and an investment group is essentially what you're talking about doing where you're creating, in order to have a culture and great engagement on Twitter and some of these other spaces, you have to build relationships and you have to find like-minded individuals and people that have a similar belief system in term, in reference to what it is you're actually producing. And that's a completely different set of people, in my opinion, with, with some overlay, obviously, but it, that's a completely different set of people than the ones who are coming in with uh, bags to throw around and wallets connected to make investments. It's a completely different group of people. So, you know, do I go out and I market towards the uh, NFT PFP bros and get some investors in their room in order to do to, to make moves? Or do I... Um, you know, build a relationship with people in this space who believe in art for art's sake and want to create something with passion and express how they really feel about the world at scale. I think the answer is yes to both of those, but then that creates two completely different marketing funnels. It kind of creates two different voices. It creates two different ways in which you have to present yourself. And all of these things are, are things that I think everyone in this room specifically are trying to tackle right now and figure out and define and understand. Um, and it's going to take a collective effort to do so. So um, let me back up real quick, because um, we're talking about target audience. Um, target audience is a grouping of types of people that a business artist, uh, small business caters their content to. Commonly, it is referred to as demographics, but that is only one subsection of what makes a target audience. Now, target audience, I think, is something that we usually think of, or I'm sorry, we need to think of 
for a small business rather than the NFT community. Reason being is that the NFT community just has too much variation as well as a very small pool of people who are participating. So in the Twitter workbook, um, Black Label, you've, uh, you've got a copy of this. I'm interested in what you've thought about this. Um, but in the Twitter workbook, I have gone through and yes, definitely talked about target audience. But specific for Web3, I actually condensed everything into what I was calling um, the collector values and personas. And the reason being is, again, because Web3 just isn't big enough to think about overarching ideas like demographics, behavioral, psychographics, and geographics. Let me get into what those are individually real quick, though. So a demographic segment refers to socioeconomic status within a population that includes age, gender, employment, education, income, marital status, as well as ethnic background. When you are thinking about marketing towards people in the NFT community, does any of that really matter? Do we really think that, well, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have asked it that general. Do, for one, one artist, do you feel like all of those like overarching types of people um, is broad enough within the NFT community or defined enough within the NFT community that it is very seriously um, worth considering within your marketing? Probably not. If you have an Etsy store or something like that, yes. But for the most part within the NFT community, that is just so broad that it doesn't really make that much sense to think about as far as your marketing is concerned. Um, psychographics, I think, actually does have um, quite a bit of, uh, of relevancy to a lot of uh, PFP projects, maybe not necessarily uh, one one artists. A psychographic narrows down the psychology of your audience. So basically, it is the consumer's um, personal significance with the art. So it includes um, appealing to the activities that they enjoy doing, attitudes about a particular issue, their demeanor or their personality, as well as their moral values. For some one-one artists, that can be enormously important to think about with how you tweet. But again, for the most part, this is an overarching concept that just does not necessarily apply to Web3. Um, and then there's behavioral. Behavioral contextualizes how someone will use or interact with a product, service, experience, or a person. It considers how a consumer benefits from your product, what their daily patterns of use is, and how often they'll use it. Probably relevant to PFP projects with their numerous utilities, but for the most part, again, for a 1-1 artist, not crucial to your marketing. Um, so instead, what I have done is position for a Web3 audience or collector values and personas. This contextualizes the profiles still, just like your market segments do, but adheres them to a relationship with your content rather than um, what, what it really is backwards is the type of person that you are relating your content to. So it's basically just a way of thinking about the values that your NFTs have and then applying them towards what people are looking for. So for example, aesthetic and trait is just a way of communicating that your NFT is art for the sake of art 
because that's valuable and that is a reason that some people do collect art. That is something that you can use in your marketing. Um, another one that I have is investment or proof. Um, collectors who care about this want to invest in art for the purpose of monetary gain. Um, some invest for sure flips and profit, um, but many of them perform research into their portfolio, background, and the history of an artist in order to leverage their bets that it will be worth flipping in the future. Menagee in here hits very hard on that. Um, but they also have a very heavy appeal to a strong portfolio, which again, Menagee hits on. Um, essentially, um, these artists want to prove their stability as well as their scalability as an NFT artist to appeal to these collectors. So those are just two of them. Those are just two. But instead of thinking about demographic, psychographics, and behavioral, I have backed up a little bit to start thinking about what values your NFTs have and how you approach collectors directly. Um, yeah, I don't know. What What do you think about uh, about that approach, Black, Black Label? Uh, I think that the core core thing is this, know thyself. What are you trying to achieve? You have to be able to understand that, you know, the idea that especially in the AI world, especially everything that's happening right now with this stuff, anybody can go on and play with a toy. It doesn't mean they're using it as a tool. And so I think that it's really important to understand what you're trying to achieve because the answer to that question is one that you can only answer. And it's also, you can come to a, um, a derived answer for who it is you're talking to as well. Because if you know yourself and you understand what you're trying to achieve, then you start to build walls around what your focus is. Um, I think Animate made a comment earlier in reference to just because, you know, everyone, you have so many things that you can do. Now it's like, what do you, what do you do? So you kind of freeze. And so I think that that's a huge, that's like step number one, you have to know yourself. And that doesn't mean that you have to know that before starting either. I think it's a, especially in this space, because it's so new and everyone is starting out and we're still really early that's something that you're going to define over time. I find myself doing that with my brand and the way that we're building things for the future and this idea of a, of a artist, a collective and people being able to express themselves on a platform and have a place to do that. That's something that I had as a core value starting out. But as, as things go along, I also understand that I have to build a culture and I want to express myself too. And that defines what it is I'm trying to do. Something that is probably a lot of people here if they're in the corporate world at all you're familiar with the term test and learn that's something that is huge in this space in my opinion as far as understanding your demographics when you put out posts when you start trying to get engagement you're starting to see what works and what doesn't these are all test and learn elements and ways that you can start to develop an understanding for who it is that wants to listen to what you have to say who it is that wants to see what you have to show and who wants to buy what it is that you create and that's only, I think at this point, and probably this is being answered from a, a minute scale of not having a ton of experience in making sales in the NFT world, but you know, experience everywhere else, is trying to understand who's going to actually buy it. Like You don't know that until you actually get out there and do it. Others in the room that have had more success with this can probably answer it in reference to the actual buying side of it more. But it's something you're probably going to find out by just doing it. 
something that I see a lot of people fail with is that they fail to launch. You know, you build a lot of things in the background. You create a lot of expectations, you know, kind of jumping off of what people were talking about earlier about not having expectations. Something I like to think about is um, I, I don't I have no expectations, but I have an open mind. I'm open and accepting to everything. And as it comes through, I look at that and I analyze it and determine whether or not that's something I want to do or if it's good information or not or something I care about or not. And you kind of open the floodgates for information and perspective. And then you start to determine, well, I don't really vibe with that. I vibe with this and I like that and I don't like this. And by creating those kind of dichotomies with your experience, with who you're talking to and who you're engaging with. Like there's some accounts I know when they start engaging with me, I'm like, I don't want anything to do with them. And I'm not really going to, you know, fly up, uh, you know, put air into that fire and make it grow. I'm just going to kind of back out. And there's other people that I'm like, wow, that person um, has an amazing perspective. I love that. I'm going to lean on that hard. And you start to define who it is that you're going after through that process. I think in this space specifically, it's, the wild west there's so much that hasn't happened yet and we're all on the forefront of that and we're going to define that over time so i think it's kind of an open-ended answer i think it's also dependent on who you're going after your type of work and who it is that's attracted to you as a brand and as a personality and you lean on that over time in order to build it visceral after you uh hi my name is visceral glitch uh i'm a one-on-one glitch artist um and uh, I wanted to talk in reference about finding our tribes and finding people and finding investors and collectors. I think that is a really tough thing because we're <clears throat> there's a lot of communities out there. There's, you know, first of all, there's one of one fine artists and then there's PFPs. And then within that, there's so many different types of breakdowns within that. And I think it is tough to find it. And I think a lot of it is just perseverance and just kind of, going through it's like when you move to a new town um if you move to a new city it takes about a year to get acquainted and find people and i think it's kind of the same thing you know but it's tough because we think oh we should be able to find everyone because it's digital and actually it's it's still a sea of people uh animate jump in yeah so one thing that actually sparked me wanting to start this conversation with kino in the first place was a space that she hosted i want to say like two months ago which is like eons in nft time now and in that space you had a bunch of really successful founders one year later or you know close to it enough um and their opinions on the space their their community you know what they had accomplished what they thought they were going to get out of it a year later and it was like my mind was blown back to back like five times in a row because every all of these founders came up on stage and they were basically like uh, I didn't know what I was getting into. I had this intention. The community wanted this. Like it was very much uh, counter to my expectation or I didn't, you know, it, it, there are a lot of upended expectations within the NFT space. And specifically for myself as a one of one artist, as I've been researching this over the last uh, 10, 11 months, trying to figure out where uh, my niche and where that tribe that resonates with me is. Um, I had to recalibrate my understanding of who that broad audience is. And it was actually Pikey, who was in here earlier, who really helped me kind of just narrow this down into uh, the, he had it separated into like termites and bees. And again, not derogatory, just an interesting analogy. The DGENs were the termites. They were a, a ever moving force, uh, always uh, chewing and absorbing energy and moving on to the next thing. 
And the one-of-ones were like the bees, the creatures trying to store energy and, and create honey, uh, honey and value and pollen, you know, spread, spread their thing and find more bees and, and help the ecosystem, right? It's, uh, again, not intended to be derogatory because I love degens and flippers and I hope you buy my project and great. But the point is, I will not be beholden to your expectations of me as a founder. And that took a long time for me to see how the chessboard was laid out. And it was literally just exposure to me in the scene and enough really intelligent, thoughtful people getting up in spaces saying, I thought it was like this and it turned out to be like this. And that really helped me get over the hump of, oh, okay, I might actually be looking at two different like environments here and which one do I really want to try and be a lightning rod to pull the people who, who um, resonate with what it is that I'm trying to say. And I said this before, I want my project to essentially be an antidote to some of the symptoms that I see in the scene. If I can limit my FOMO tactics, great. I know people are out there with day jobs. I want you to have a 24 hour window to try and buy this thing for pre-sale, right? There, there are certain things that I've seen that either, rubbed me the wrong way or, or made me feel like, ah, maybe I'm not this target audience for that person. And so it's just been really, really eye-opening to hear other founders talk about this. And even this room today, I mean, I've been furiously writing notes because I myself am exactly in that window of about a week and a half to launch. And I just greatly, greatly appreciate all the different perspectives here. Because again, there's there's no right answer, but there are a lot of right answers in this space. And I'm, I'm happy to, to soak them up. I'm just glad you messaged me about this one because this has been a, uh, a great space. Um, BK, I want to say hi to you. Hello. Just kidding. But BK, you're more than welcome to, uh, to talk if you want to. Um, okay, I've got about a half hour left and I want to make sure that Animate, you said that you had a bunch of questions <laughs> and I want to make sure that we get to those. Um, do you have anything that uh, you would like to... Oh, hey, BK. Oh my goodness. The update has all kinds of new weird stuff. Oh, okay. Gosh. Hi. Um, I'm kind of, uh, well, first I want to say hi to animate. Um, I'm a full-time artist been so over, de over a decade, but I'm here as a fan and not to chill. Um, so I'm a, I'm kind of your Petri dish of what an amalgamation of what everyone has been saying today, which completely resonates with me. Love this, love, love this space and love the way you're hosting it. You know, um, but um, I, I was drawn to Animate's work um, because I, I, it struck a chord with me. And, if, and my philosophy is if I can walk away from a painting or a, a work of art without knowing anything about the person who made it and feel like I understand something about them, bingo, bango, I'm sold. So um, Animate, also I wanted to let you know that uh, you just more than 2X'd your value today just by hearing you speak. Um, you're so well-spoken and you, I think your, your goals and your, um, not, I don't want to say limited, but open expectations are a thing of beauty, the way you're approaching your release and it is going to be a success no matter what. And I'm going to be there with bells on. So I'm kind of like your Petri dish of, I entered it as a fan and I'm here because I want to be there for the drop on animates work. So everything that everybody has been saying, I'm proof that it works. That's it. Wow. Thank you so much, BK. Uh, I, I really am happy to have connected with you over the last, uh, I guess, week or so. But uh, yep. yeah, thank you so much for the kind words. It's, it, it is, and thank you for being testament to the fact that, like I was saying, some of these uh, things that were, I guess, unwritten rules in my head 
um, I don't know, maybe reciprocity or, you know, making people feel like they're heard or important in the process. Uh, maybe that does go a long way. And just thank you so much for saying that. Absolutely. The, the fact, the, the immediate correspondence, that little micro blast of correspondence between us uh, made all the difference. And, and then I just, I really went and dug through, dug through your Twitter and looked at the work and looked at uh, your journey of styles which is is a quagmire that I'm stuck in because I'm 2D, 3D animation um, all over the place. Everything's one of one um, and working on a game. But uh, any, anyway, I just I felt like I understood you. And that's about it. You I'll are no that. stranger to crunch time then. So you can you no. can appreciate that that last two weeks stress I find myself in now. But, but again, one of the other things I wanted to mention uh, we as founders control our schedule, right? Um, I have found myself in the last two weeks leading up to launch um, being extra stressed, unnecessarily stressed, trying to figure out what date works for me, trying to juggle day job obligations and like, you know, dinner dates with friends and things like that. And ultimately what it came down to is uh, I have to find a balance that works for me as an artist that makes mm. me not hate this drop when it comes out. And also makes me feel like I've I've taken the proper steps and let it br let it breathe enough so that you know people have a chance to get in there. Um, so that kind of leads me to to one of my questions. But I'm I'm curious to hear what what Charlie has to say. Yeah, before before I go back to listeners, um, I just wanted to say something. I'll ask you a couple of questions. Animate 444 101s. What was the time that it took you to get this done? So I've been working on this for about four months now. And uh, again, I, I'm using uh, most of the majority of this work was done in mid-journey. So this is an iterative process with myself and AI. Um, I had a good chunk of, of the gravies generated probably within a week. And that was the first, I, I think I have like 600 or 700 in this folder that I've been filtering down, finding my favorites, even marketing over time, and then kind of including those as uh, you know, I'll have them with a different trait, but I kind of want to show some of the process as well, not just here is the set collection. Um, but not only was the generation of the images relatively fast because it's AI, um, but what it helped me do was uh, since I generated that first chunk very quickly and then I kind of sat on it and I was posting a little bit about it, I wanted to see what this, what this big bubble of ideas was going to turn into. And so rather than... Uh, you know, get my DAP out or get it on Nifty Kit like that weekend, which I've seen people do with some AI collections where they have the idea and three days later, you know, they've got it posted and it's mintable. Um, I, I kind of wish I could have done that because I wouldn't have this like feature creep where I'm constantly trying to add new ideas and thoughts and like, you can take too long on a project, right? Like you can just keep letting all of those ideas seep in and you never get to the finish line. And so that was uh, started to become one thing that I was fighting. Part of my brain is like, oh, do it organically, do it slow, let people see the process, figure out what you animate like about this as you expose people to it. Um, but really, it's been like way more time was spent researching and talking about it and seeing um, what people liked about it than the actual production of the art. But again, as a one of or sorry, as an army of one, I am doing uh, the, the website and the marketing and wearing every single hat. So like 
the production of the actual art was what one thirteenth of the project time. And then the rest of it is all the other, you know, roles associated with that. Um, so thankfully we live in a time where these things can be produced quickly, but I, I didn't want to let that accelerate the rest of my process beyond what I felt was doing it right. So to speak, at least in my own heart, man, um, it is crazy. I don't believe in uh, coincidences, but this is like cr freaking like low-key creepy. Like the things that you were saying is like exact same thing I'm trying to do with my approach in the future. Uh, as I was saying, I'm a photographer, but I now enter into the AI realm and I found it fascinating that I can actually create things out of my own mind with my own photos. So it's not like I'm actually just prompting. I'm actually using my own creations from I have done for many years and applying to it with prompts and then editing after. So I'm actually trying to create a huge project like yours, but it's going to take me a while. And I want it to be a while because I want people to look at my work that I have been doing for this amount of time so they get to get the notion like, okay, this guy is dropping work ai work every freaking day when is this freaking drop happening i'm not gonna let you know but you're gonna know by the amount of work that i have that is going to be freaking insanely big like like your project is so but i'm gonna take my time because there's no rush uh like black label said we're early on this so there's no rush in my opinion so so and take your time come up with the more ideas and and more innovations and people will appreciate that as well because rather than rushing right so that's my that's my take on that absolutely and, and to that that point um a roadmap for someone like me absolutely doesn't make sense maybe there was a period or an era of nfts where that was required or needed to get needed to kind of get it garner attention or whatever i plan to have no discord no roadmap what i can assure you is um, kind of like what BK was saying, and I really appreciate that when you say that my value increased twice just by you hearing my voice. Um, my opinion is that when I get out there and I can authentically tell people who I am and what I have in my mind and the fact that I've worked for the NFL doing biomechanical you know, injury analysis and I've done commercial work and I've you know, done trajectory analysis that's been shown on TNT and different cold case shows like the, the, the length and breadth of the amount of like I've worked at a motion capture studio. I've probably made a dozen different virtual reality experiences, uh, a decade of 3d animation and character animation experience. Like me coming forward with these JPEGs is like, Hey, what's up everybody. Uh, I'm an authentic, curious person. Look at this stuff that is at the level we are used to engaging each other with right now. Cool artwork, cool JPEGs, a certain a certain price you know a certain way of displaying it <laughs> that's step 10 out of a thousand step process in my mind where again if you're along with me for the ride we're looking at i want to create my own meta uh, metaverse that these will be token gated token gated access for because they're on ethereum something like monaverse that's a 3d creator like me you know spend a weekend modeling something in virtual reality with my headset on i throw it into substance painter I am like Dr. Octavius and I have so many pieces of hardware and software that let me just be an entire studio that like this is absolutely, you know, square one. But but I, I can't show people what those nebulous ideas and concepts are. We don't have a reference for it yet. And I don't know what it's going to look like. 
And I'm sure as hell not going to be tied to a roadmap that said I was going to do it in spatial and now Monaverse has better plans. And so it's like, no, I'm going to go with the flow. And you can be assured that I'm going to continue to just evolve to whatever that newest tool is, because that is that is my painful addiction. But again, it's that doesn't like, come across unless you're be water, my friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was going to say disregard project lore and become the lore, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's uh, kind of what I'm trying to embody with this whole thing and with, with the, the narrative around my project. And, you know, maybe you're looking at avatars that you can run around in Monaverse with by the end of this year. That would be freaking cool. I'd love to do that. And it would be a use of my skills that I can't quite show until either A, you know, you've got some exposure, you've got people looking at you, uh, or B, that you've got a product that's so hot that people want. And I actually started in this space trying to create animated dancing 3D models. I thought we were like so ahead. And I was like, sweet, we've got on cyber. I'll just start selling 3D models on Tezos. And like, I was like, oh, wait, no, I need to take a few steps back and meet the market where it's at and what people want. And right now, what's going to get me known, get me exposure, get me attention is going to be a, a cool JPEG art project that I can work in different things that interest me, like I'm such a nerd for booster packs. Like, I love the idea of a blind mint, not knowing what you're going to get, that kind of thing. So it's like, why not? That's cool to me. You know, that doesn't have to be a PFP only thing. The technology allows it. I'm going to use it. So it's it's been this amalgamation of different things that either feel just right to me or it's just, yep, this is this is going to be cool and it's going to be a technology that I can adopt. So hell yeah, I'm going to look into it. Not to not to boost uh, Charlie using my platform or anything like that, but I just got the alpha and oh, I'm excited to see it, Charlie. <laughs> um, speaking of which, real quick, um, for those who don't know, I don't do my own marketing, so nobody knows about this. But basically, um, I'm giving away like baby kitsunes in the eventual metaverse that I'm creating, and just want to say thank you to everybody who has been here. Charlie, you are always showing up. I'm pretty sure you have two out of nine tails on your Kitsune already, but I would love to give you another one. Thank you just for always being here and always contributing so much to the conversation, my friend. Um, Look, Kino. Yeah. Okay. I have to say something real quick, Bank, before I go to back to listeners. I've been saying listeners, but I'm not listeners yet. But, Kino, every time you drop a room, I have to be there. Okay. And I'm not saying that just lightly because I don't I just don't join any rooms. I just join the rooms that I want to. But when it comes to you and the amount of information, amount of like like good vibes that you provide is like unmatched. And usually for like day one when I met you and I always put on my tweets like what are the best spaces that you join? And I usually put you on at least top five at minimum. Anything that is related with you, and if you are even here, either as a host or as a contributor, as a speaker, I got to be there because you never know what are the great things that you can actually hear from you. So I got to say that real quick. I just tell, I just tell them how it is. Bless. I just, I appreciate you and your time so much and I'm not going to cry. Um, Just the the past have i known you for a year now it's been a while i don't know i just adore every single interaction we have so thank you thank you thank you um thank you for supporting my project as much as you do and i am so excited for what i just read my friend thank you um 
to that too, um, Minaji has just been here for a while too. She's always showing up. So she's going to get a tail. Everybody look under your chairs. You're all getting tails. Um, Black Label, you have spent an inordinate amount of time talking to me about my content. I would love to give you, um, I think, your first tail, actually, because you're a Patreon. Um, Omli, you're always showing up too. Steph, you as well. And um, Animate, I would love to give you a little baby Kitsune for, <laughs> for your time today. Um, thank you for asking for this space. Uh, thank you for the conversation, for letting me dig into your project and uh, ask some hard questions, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been not only just refreshing, as I love these um, focused but open and and constructive rooms, like so constructive. I always come I always come home with so many gems, and you know I've got some really scrambled, chaotic notes, as is as is my forte. Um, but it's it, like it's that power of repetition, right? Like I just got to hear that thing three times until it sinks in. And then I'm like, okay, I've heard this. I've got that strategy from that person. I've heard that opinion that I like. It's just all the puzzle pieces that slowly come together. And uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't be more thankful with the, with the fact that this all worked out today and all the great speakers and questions up here today. I am an open book about my strange life career and collection. Yeah, just thanks for coming, friend. Um, but yeah, did we cover the questions that you had for this particular space, though, Animate? Oh, uh, I, the one outstanding question, I guess, uh, would be, so like I said, I'm exactly in that window, let's say uh, a week and a half to launch. What's the one thing you would tell a founder that uh, this is a, a shift I made in the last little bit, or, you know, I started hitting the, the alpha DMs hard or whatever, just... It, just singular bit of advice for someone leading up to launch, what would it be? I think that we hit in this space that it is those direct marketing strategies and contacting people personally to um, form those advocates, generate hype and um, make sure that they are like linking them to things too, to make sure that they are able to help promote um, I just I think that, um, yeah, if there's any lesson from this space, it's that that personal connection is what generates those advocates and helps push your project into the next stage of, uh, of advocate marketing. What do you think? Beautiful answer. Uh, quick rebuttal to that. How many DMs is too many DMs in a week to shill your own project? Well, Gosh. I, I, Go I, I, I can help out with this. So basically... You have to sit down and you have to make a list of people that are in your head right now at this moment that you have a sincere, genuine uh, discussion or conversation, acquaintance, friendship, etc. And then you make a list and then those are your potential uh, supporters. And those are the ones that you frequently know to follow over 2,000 people and you got 2,000 followers. So I'm pretty sure out of those 2,000 uh, followers and following, you have made some type of uh, good acquaintances and, and connections. And I like our list. Right. And then just make a list and then just hit them up as, uh, as conveniently you are, of course, again, and I keep repeating this myself because this cannot be stressed enough. Like expectations... Uh, gotta be, gotta keep checked. So basically, you make that list, but at the same time, don't expect that this X amount of number is the people that are gonna be like, yeah, I'm, I'm buying one, bro. No, 
these people are good enough for you that you made an acquaintance or a friendship that they will support you. But at the same time, don't expect them to do. But at the same time, they will appreciate that you approach them. So now you're now they feel like, oh man, he took me up on the consideration upon upon his launch. So that feeling of importance is actually very, very, very good to actually have. And I have done it myself and some people actually approached me for it as well. And I felt like, man, I need to jump on, on, on that project. I might not have the funds, but I definitely want to promote, quote, tweet, retweet, like, comment, make sure all the people know about it. Uh, if some people are like, hey, shield your, shield your work, I'd be shielding their work instead of mine, things of that nature. Uh, if they really appreciate you, they're going to do it. You know what I'm saying? So that's when you know. Uh, who are those friendships or real connections that I've got made? Beautiful. Did you have anything else for us, Animate? Um, I I really want to uh, just thank everybody and uh, you know re respect the time of the room. If uh, if you've got things to to close down for, I myself have some <laughs> some day job obligations staring me in the face, but. Uh, Soon, soon that won't be the case. Uh, tunneling my way towards Web3 every day, thanks to all of you kind and intelligent artists. Hey, thank you. I do have one tiny question, if I could sneak it in. Oh, yeah, for, please. For, for whoever lingers. Um, so I'm in a bit of a pickle right now because I haven't dropped any of my series yet, and I'm, and I'm pretty much following the advice of, even though some of it may seem conflicting, I'm following the advice of pretty much everyone here. But my pickle is I am responsible for the drop, for the release, the drop, the hype, everything for a five piece series with a blue with um, it's going to be 10 copies of each with a blue chip painter who knows nothing about um, Web3. And I'm the guy to do it. And I know I need to tap into his his fan base because he sold so much art. But otherwise, like, are there any secrets I can get? that from someone who's like this is just a peculiar situation because i don't want to do a flop drop with a blue chip painter but i'm responsible any ideas i can give you a direct contact of somebody who does basically the same thing um wow. look up, yeah she is um on vacation right now spending some time with family but do message mm -hmm. uh the tag is the pearly rabbit um, she does marketing for Volker Holmes, one of those um, blue chip artists who has his own platform, an enormous audience on Instagram. And uh, we do talk frequently about um, her marketing strategies. And she's, she's fantastic at um, converting that current audience into um, NFT purchases. So she, I think that she would be a, a wonderful contact for you. Okay, just look her up on, on here at, at the, the Pearly Rabbit. The Pearly Rabbit. Yeah. Let me know if you want me to DM it to you. Okay. That'd be great. She's also frequently in Discord when she's not on vacation, too. So if you want a uh, uh, natural direct contact, um, she is in my Discord. Oh, you are such a doll. Thank you so much. Just doing my best, boss. Oh, appreciate it. Love it. Thank but you. Yeah. So um, I guess any direct advice, though. Um. I would say that recognize that the audiences across different platforms usually have different ways that, or rather different values, different appeals um, that you would need to make to each. So you need to make sure that if you are 
Um, is is your are you uh, doing marketing on Twitter for um, this this new endeavor? Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, are you asking me? Yeah, yes. I am. I, I, I'm going to use Twitter to the best of my ability. Um, you know, I've got Trevor Jones knows who I am. You know, I, I've I've gone after kind of you know sought friendships, but you know, genuine friendships with the people whose work I resonate with. And Trevor Jones is one of the ones who, who uh, I really like. And I just, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little quirky in my, in my use of the English language. So I've made him laugh a bunch of times. So I'm going to ask him. Um, but uh, what I'm doing for the work is I'm doing all the animation of his paintings and making it, it's some pretty good stuff. And he's, he's kind of a sim, a demigod in the burner community. So I just need to pry out of his, um, very spry, but 72 year old brain, how to tap into his people. And thank you for the, the contact because she'll, she'll help with that. Yeah. Anytime. Um, but yeah, I would just keep in mind that initially there needs to be some sort of translation from not only the medium for the target audience, but the platform where the target audience lives and go from there. I hate to like generalize, but not knowing the project, that's like all I can do. Um, so if you want to talk in DMs or anything, please let me know. Okay. That's perfect. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry, too. It's after an hour and 42 minutes, which means my brain has fully rubbed. Um, Black Label, I'm really looking forward to our space next Tuesday. Uh, what the heck are we going to talk about, my friend? Great question. I will pretend not to scroll up in Discord and look at what we were talking about. Talking I'm about. doing the same thing. Um, uh, it was passive It was income. something. Oh, yes. Passive income. We're Make money while not making income. money. Yes. yes. Um. I think that passive income opportunities are rampant in Web3 and that each artist should be thinking about the passive income opportunities that they have. So, you know, we don't work ourselves to death and can eventually retire. Um, so we're going to uncover a couple of different income streams and how to start positioning yourself to make passive income that hopefully um, not only respects your lifestyle, um, but the amount of time investment that you have both in whatever um, your income is right now and what your future projections are. So I'm really excited for that conversation. Um, haven't had it enough, but just with the, uh, the, the bear market that we're in right now, I think that that is wildly important. Um, yeah, Charlie, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Animate, thank you for your time and all of your questions and for this conversation. Um, I will see everybody next week, Tuesday at uh, what time is it? Noon PST and three o'clock EST. Um, and hope to see you there. It's good to thank see you. Thank you friends. so much for hosting Kino. What, a, what a fantastic. It's fantastic. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you next time, friends. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.